Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, ESPN Radio. Chris Canty here today. It is time for real or not real with Tim Bontemps, the man whose straw poll unleashed havoc, mm-hmm. mayhem mm-hmm. in the MVP voting because Jokic was going to be MVP again. He was on his way to being MVP again. Yeah. And Tim Bontemps revealed his straw poll and everything. everyone went nuts. Oh, no way. Is this dude third time in a row? He's running away with the 80% of the vote. No way. Embiid went nuts too. Real or Not Real is brought to you by Union Pacific. Get your career on track with Union Pacific Railroad. Apply at up.job slash sports. What's going on, Tim? Hello, fellas. How are we doing? Doing well. Tim Bontemps can be seen across such hit ESPN platforms as this just in, 2 p.m. Eastern. Handsome host. Joel Embiid ended uh, the MVP debate Tuesday night. Everyone saying last night, Tim, 52 and 13. Is that real or not real? Uh, I mean, as someone who was at the game and watched it, Max, uh, I would say it was pretty real. Uh, when you when you look at the way Embiid played in that game on national television, combined with the fact that Nikola Jokic came back and had 14 points and eight turnovers and a pretty demoralizing loss to the Houston Rockets down in Houston, um, you know, we'll see how things turn out. But it certainly felt like the MVP race ended last night and you know that was really the kind of moment that I think we've been waiting to see really over the past week since you know that final straw poll came out and Embiid had a you know the slightest of leads over Jokic and like I said I I was I laughed a little bit when Doc said that last night after the game uh but it's pretty hard to blame him for thinking it given the way Embiid just absolutely took Boston apart. That was about as impressive an offensive performance in particular as you're ever going to see in an NBA game. Now, Tim, I don't want to jump out of the window with last night's game because Jalen Brown wasn't on the court, no Robert Williams either, but I don't know that they can depend on the latter. My question to you is, knowing that we're likely going to see this matchup in the Eastern Conference semis, between the two teams, who's going to be the biggest threat to the Bucs to come out of the East, the Sixers or the Celtics? Well, look, I think to your point, it, it, that game was a, was problematic for Philly on a lot of levels, right? No Jalen Brown, no Robert Williams. They needed a game like that from Embiid to win. Tyrese Maxey is down 9 for 32 over his last three games against the Celtics. Has not looked good at all in any of them. Uh, it's a very tricky matchup for him. Um, you know, P.J. Tucker hit three massive threes in the fourth quarter mm-hmm. of that game. He's now had, you know, at least he's had three three-pointers in his last two games in Philadelphia. Those are also the first two games he's hit three threes in a game all season. Is he a guy that's going to be able to hit shots like that in that kind of playoff series when the Celtics basically just ran away from him and left him in the corner uh, to go double and bead in those moments? 
Um, so there were a lot of things about that game from a Philly perspective after losing to them three times in a row to begin this season series that if I go into this series against Boston, I'm not feeling great about if I'm a Sixers fan, which is why I'd say the Celtics with home court advantage are more likely to be playing um, the Bucks in the Eastern Conference Finals. But if Embiid is going to be able to do what he did last night, you know, it's not only why he's MVP, but it's why he has felt all season long if he could get in the playoffs and be healthy for the first time, he's got a chance to beat anybody. So Tim Bontemps here, ESPN NBA reporter with on KJM, Chris Canty in for uh, Key and Jay today. Um, Clippers Lakers. Since Kawhi decided not to join LeBron, but to compete against him. You know, that first season, there was a lot of pressure on Kawhi. Denver, where the cardiac kids came back on them in that series and beat them in the bubble. And then the Lakers knocked out the same team that had beaten the Clippers. And this is not exactly them meeting in the playoffs or anything like that in the Western Conference Finals. But, man, Tim, it feels like this is an enormous game tonight between the two L.A. teams. How big do you think it is, the same record in the, in the you know, same record, same, you know, the whole thing? I mean, it's a huge game from the standpoint that it's got massive implications for how this playoff race is going to play out in the West. I mean, um, you know, the winner of this game is all but certainly going to be the fifth or sixth seed in the West. Uh, If it's the Clippers, you know, a very good chance they're the five seed and playing the Suns in the first round. Um, And, you know, the loser is almost locked in into being in the play-in tournament, which means there's at least some chance that they don't make the playoffs at all, right? So just from that standpoint, it's arguably the biggest game of this final week of the regular season. And you look at the way the Lakers played last night, they were not exactly uh, dominant, I I think it's fair to say, in a game that the Utah Jazz were not exactly trying to win um, based off who was playing and who was not. And, you know, it took sort of, uh, you know, semi-miraculous win in overtime after, you know, blowing a seven-point lead in uh, late in regulation. The Clippers have not played since Saturday, had three days off. Um, You know, certainly you'd think the Clippers would have an advantage there. And the way Kawhi has played over the past month, he's started to look like Kawhi Leonard again. But, yeah, I mean, it's a huge game, Max, not just – you know, not just because the Lakers are involved and therefore it's an important game, but uh, it, it is a really, it is probably the single most important game of the week when you look at just the amount of impact it's going to have on other teams in the West playoff picture. Tim, you mentioned the Jazz as a team that's not trying to win. Another team where it's debatable on whether they should be trying to win or not is the Dallas Mavericks. And we heard from Luka Doncic yesterday and said, as long as there's a chance to be in a play and he's going to play, But there is the issue of the first-round draft pick of the Mavs that the Knicks own that is top 10 lottery protected. From your perspective, what should the Dallas Mavericks do with Luka Doncic and Kyrie Irving in the last stretch of the regular season? Should they play him or should they bench those guys? They've got to try to to win some games and make the play-in tournament because this has just been an absolute disaster of a stretch with Luka and Kyrie playing together. Um, you know, the fact that those guys are 4-11 in games they've played together is a, a truly incredible stat. Um, that said, I have no reason to believe that even with those guys trying to play, they're going to be able to beat the Sacramento Kings tonight uh, <laughs> in Dallas. 
I mean, they've done nothing to show me they can beat a quality team uh, or any team, frankly. So this may take care of itself. Mm. Uh, and they may, uh, you know, they may not be able to win these games, even if they are trying. So, I mean, I certainly think as long as they have a chance to make the playoffs, they need to try to. They'll try to tonight. But if they lose this game, you know, the Thunder are probably going to be able to clinch a playoff spot or clinch that 10th spot in the West. And Dallas will probably end up being in position to keep that pick with the the ninth or 10th spot in the lottery anyway. So, um, you know, that I would say this will take care of itself one way or the other. Either the Mavs will win a couple games and, you know, give themselves a chance to play their way into the playoffs, maybe even against the Lakers in a 9-10 game, which would certainly have some juice next week. Uh, or if they lose tonight, which based off their play over the last six weeks, you have to expect that they will, even if Sacramento's on a back-to-back, um, you know, the losing will sort of take care of itself, whether they sit those guys or not. Tim Bontemps, ESPN NBA reported with us, KJM ESPN Radio, Chris Canty in today. Um, so I, before we get on to the Knicks real quick, a lot of people look at their three characters, kind of people who are looking at, at the Mavs. They look at, oh, the addition of Kyrie Irving, it's not going well. They look at, uh, of course, Luka Doncic. It's his team and not going well. And also Jason Kidd. You look at the coach, you look at the stars. But Mark Cuban is the guy who once upon a time let Steve Nash walk out the door in his prime without compensation, just let him sign away, and could have been with Nowitzki all those years. The Mavs did wind up winning one championship, but there was it's apparently missed opportunity there. He let Jalen Brunson walk out the door, you know, just to sign with another team in what looks now like a below-market deal and they were in the Western Conference final. You know, that, that's over now. To me, it looks like Mark Cuban is the biggest culprit for their problems right now. How do you see it, Tim? I mean, look, the, everything that's going on in Dallas, Max, goes back to Mark Cuban not paying Jalen Brunson last summer and really not paying Jalen Brunson an even much farther below-market extension during last season when Jalen would have been willing to sign it. Mm-hmm. I mean, that... That is, when you look at how badly things have gone since then, I mean, that is a true fork-in-the-road moment for the Dallas Mavericks. And I'm just going to be honest. I think Jalen Brunson at this point is, he's certainly a guy I would rather have than Kyrie Irving. I think you could make an argument he's a better player than Kyrie Irving. And you look at the impact he's had on the Knicks. You look at the way the season's gone in Dallas. To your point, I think that all goes back to Mark Cuban not being willing to pay him. And, yeah, I mean, it's it's got a chance to be a pretty massive pivot point in the history of the Mavs, almost no matter what happens with Kyrie this summer, but especially if Kyrie walks in free agency um, and goes somewhere else, presumably to the Lakers in that scenario, um, you have to look at what's going on in Dallas over the past calendar year, and it's hard to imagine a situation that could have realistically gone much worse from the moment they decided not to pay Jalen and keep him playing next to Luka. Tim, Max wants me to ask you about the Knicks, but I actually want to talk about a team that has a chance of advancing past the first round of the playoffs, (laughs) and that would be the Golden State Warriors. Uh, With Andrew Wiggins returning to the team this week, is that a team that you would look at as one of the favorites to advance from the Western Conference to the NBA Finals? Well, I do think the Knicks have a chance to beat the Cavs, and that's going to be one mm. hell of a first-round series. But okay. to your point, uh, I I have said all along that if Andrew Wiggins is back 
and ready to go by the time the playoffs start, I think that the Warriors are the team to beat in the West. And that is as much a commentary on how pathetic the Western Conference is this year as it is a commentary on the Warriors being the defending champions and having made the finals as many times as they have over the past several years. Um, But they, with the addition of Gary Payton, with Wiggins back, with Jonathan Kaminga playing better, um, they've got some perimeter athleticism to guard some of these teams. There is not really a team that's got a guy to guard Steph in the West. He's playing at a super high level. I think he's still the best guard in the NBA, even at 35. Um, Draymond Green has still been a force defensively. So, yeah, I think Wiggins being back, I think it's a significant thing. And, you know, with Golden State being able to pull out that winning against Oklahoma City last night, they're in the driver's seat to be in a top six seed in the in the West. And by the way, we mentioned that Clipper-Laker game earlier. If the Clippers win the game tonight, the Warriors are in very strong position to finish the season in the sixth seed in the West. And when you look at potentially having then the Clippers, the Suns, and the Denver Nuggets on the other side of the bracket, the sixth spot is where you want to be. Play Sacramento in the first round. You get the winner of Memphis and whoever comes out of the play-in in the second round. That's a position where Golden State would be pretty heavily favored, I think, to make it back to the conference finals and play whoever comes out of the other side. And at that point, I'd feel pretty confident about them getting back to the NBA finals yet again. Tim Bontemps, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks, Tim. Anytime, guys. Talk soon. What did Joel Embiid do for his head coach to call the MVP race over? What did he do that led Doc Rivers to saying, This is it. It's a wrap. He's the MVP. KJM ESPN Radio. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. It's the final week of the regular season, and we head to Philadelphia for a showdown between postseason-bound rivals. The Heat and 76ers, presented by Indeed. Coverage begins tomorrow at 7 Eastern on ESPN Radio. You can also listen on the ESPN app and on Sirius XM Channel 80. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, ESPN Radio, are presented by Progressive Insurance. Chris Canty in for Key and J today. Little MD 2020 in the Red Solo Cup. See, we're going to back Oof. that thing up now and play you something that occurred earlier in the show. <laughs> That's what we're doing. That's right. That's what we're doing. If we're doing it. Oh Doc Rivers. He's the Philadelphia 76ers head coach, in case you didn't hear about it. Was on this very program, what was it, about an hour ago, a little less? Something like it. Something like it. On what made him say the NBA MVP race is over after last night's game. The 52 points were huge. Uh, the efficiency, 20 for 25, the rebounds, the assists, uh, the game-changing shots defensively. 
you know, you're sitting there as a coach and you say, this is what an MVP looks like to me. And so that's why I said it. And, and what else helped me say it, I guess, is when we walked in the locker room, all the players were, were saying it. So uh, <laughs> it, it was almost, it was almost like, you better go out here and say this coach. Cause it's true. I mean, I can understand if I'm the coach of a team that just beat a top divisional rival. Yeah. And my number one guy who's leading the league in scoring by a bit. And by the way, doing it, you know, like the total points scored, meaning you add up the actual points he scored, given the minutes he's played and the games he's played, it's an historically great scoring season. And he's also playing defense. And he just gives you 52 and 13. And, and he's killing the double team. And he's killing, killing it with guys in his face. I understand why he says it, Chris. You know, like I get it. Special. No, I mean, listen, MB was phenomenal last night. And he scored over half of the Sixers' points. The second time he's done that this season, Max. The third time he's gone over 50. There have only been three centers to do that in the NBA. And the last time we saw a guy do that was Kareem back in 71-72. He's got the most points from a true center since Shaq in his 99-2000 season when he won MVP. The guy is the MVP, and all you have to do is look at the last five minutes of the game because one of the criteria that I think we need to highlight when we start talking about most valuable player is competitive greatness, being at your best when your best is required. In the last five minutes, the Sixers ran their offense through Joel Embiid. Didn't matter whether the Celtics ran double teams at him. He was finding the open guy, P.J. Tucker in the corner for a couple of open threes. He was being able to take Grant Williams off the dribble, that highlight dunk that he had, but he was just making sound basketball plays, and it defies conventional wisdom because the thought is, in clutch time, you need one of those guards or you need a dominant wing to be able to isolate and get his own shot or be able to create shots from others. But you saw that from a seven-foot-one big man. You, you just don't get Wide that body in today's too. NBA. Like a, a real guy who could have played, you know, seven feet plus 280 or whatever he is, back to the basket, hey, can, but, but, but can Max, face the basket. But Max, he wasn't catching but, you know, it in the low the post. post. He right. was catching it at the but elbow. I'm saying, he was catching it at the top he, of the key. No doubt, but he is not only built like a guy who can play in the low post, yeah. but can play in the low post yeah. if you need him to. No doubt. And he can defend there, and he can defend. And, and by the way, it's he's been really, really close in MVP in the past yeah. where Jokic has gotten it. So if you do, Last year. Last yeah, year right. he was really close. Really close. So if you do think it's really close, the way the history of the league has usually gone is if it's been real close and one guy got it two years, Giannis, and another guy gets it two years, Jokic, and this guy is right there with him and then has a game like this late in the season to beat a divisional rival, you could read the writing on the wall. Oh, yeah, there's no doubt. But it's interesting that you bring up the word history because I think that's important from the standpoint of how we remember this era of basketball. And it's almost as if you need that MVP accolade to be acknowledged as one of the best to do it in your era. Jokic has got it. Giannis has got it. KD has got it. Joel Embiid needs to get one of these and when you lead the league in scoring in back-to-back years as a true center, that's damn impressive. But it's not just his ability to be able to score the basketball. It's also his impact on his team's success on the defensive end and his ability to be a playmaker. Like last night was shades of Jokic down the stretch yeah. in terms of his ability to pass. And he doesn't get nearly the credit for that aspect of his game as we see with Nikola Jokic. So I, I just think that – when you look at the total package and you look at the season that Embiid has put together, Max, I mean, you're talking about this guy, what is it now, 28 games where he scored north 35 points or more? 
I mean, what more does the guy have to do to be the MVP? It's actually better in every measure than his season last year. Right, and that's what's astounding because he set a very, very high level last year and has clearly come up off that level. So we asked Doc Rivers about an hour ago, a little less. We asked Doc to what he attributes Embiid's growth as a player. Joel wants to win. And he believed he had to do things better. Uh, he thought he needed to be a more efficient scorer. Uh, this is also in his, story, uh, his best passing year. Uh, his assists are way up. Uh, his scoring is way up. He's going to lead the league in scoring back-to-back years. Uh, his rebounds are up. And more importantly, defensively, I think this is the best year of the three years that I've had him. He's gotten better each of these three years. And this is by far his, his most dominating defensive year. As many game-winning shots that Joel Embiid has made for the Sixers this year, he's made game-winning, game-winning blocks mm. uh, just as many. Uh, to me, that's what separates him from everyone else. Jacob in North Carolina, you're on KJM ESPN Radio. Hey, Max, how are you doing, man? What's going on, Jacob? Can you hear me? Yeah, we got you, Jacob. What's up? Hey, so uh... – I'm all right, so I might be a little biased on this. I'm a uh, I'm a Boston Celtics fan, but I I don't think last night was really a true representation of our team. Like like you guys stated previously, Jalen Brown wasn't there, Robert Williams wasn't there, um, and earlier on the show you guys were talking about who's a bigger to the uh, threat to the Bucks, and I'm definitely gonna have to go with the Celtics because I feel like when we're in full full power, we're we're the best team in the NBA. What do you think about that, Chris? For the much of this season, that was true. The Celtics looked like the class of the NBA early in the season, but the Bucks went kind of bananas, and they did it without Chris Middleton a lot of time. Then they picked up Jay Crowder, and you know, to me, yeah, it looks but like the, the Bucks. Bucks. But the Bucks don't have a great record against either one of those teams we saw last night. They're two and two against the Sixers, and they're one and two against the Celtics. So either way, you're talking about it being a tough tough matchup for Milwaukee. The question is, who's going to come out of that semifinal, assuming that both the Celtics and the Sixers advance past the first round? And my question would be, did we see enough last night to change our minds about Boston's recent dominance over the Sixers over the last couple of years? And based on the way that Embiid is playing and the pieces that they've put on this team and the depth that I think the Sixers have, I think there's a chance that it could be a little bit of a different outcome. And here's the other thing that we got to point out when it comes to Boston, because we know how good they are defensively and we know how great they are in transition. This is a team that lives and dies by the three. This is also a team that struggles to create offense in half court sets because they don't have a true point guard that can break the defense down off the bounce. And when you're going up against a team as good as Philly can be defensively with PJ Tucker and Joel Embiid, I just think that it's going to make for an interesting series. I think the Sixers are the team that nobody's talking about that could actually come out of the East and be in the NBA Finals. We'll see about it. People want to talk about the MVP race. And hold on, the, the, say ESPN. The whole Robert Williams thing, what Jacob's talking about, like you can't assume that Robert Williams is going to be healthy. Like this seven two nine three seven seven six Time Lord. It's so ridiculous. He time to, on the bench. Yeah, he needs to be yeah. Time Lord of the court, not of yeah. the. But he is good when he's on the floor defensively. Yeah. He's yeah. very very good. Yeah. All right. It's like a solar eclipse as often as we see that guy. <laughs> time Lord. Lakers also have a huge game tonight against the Clippers. But it's a second of back-to-back. Doctor's orders. AD going to defy. The team going to defy doctor's orders. What about LeBron? They played overtime last night. 
but they're tied with the Clippers' dead heat. This is a huge game. Do they play? We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus, electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. The Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max Podcast. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, ESPN Radio. Chris Canty and for Key and J. were presented by Progressive Insurance. So, you know, doctor's orders, A.D., second of back-to-back, rest them. Chris, damn man, they need this win against. The hold on, hold tonight. on, Max. Hold, hold on, on, Max. 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 Before we even go there, we got a question that we got to answer for yeah. the guys in the control room. Okay, what they, is? They it? wanted to know something. So, couple couple women who work with us, couple people that work on the TV side, they have a question, and they it, it's for Cancy. They want to know, are you wearing jeggings? Now I told what are jeggings? them, I told them they're jeans. You got thighs. You know what I mean? You ain't got no jeggings on, but the the world wants to know now. Apparently, do you have jeggings, jeggings? or like uh, like leggings that are supposed to look they're like jeans? Not jeggings. Yeah. These are three by one jeans. They're not jeggings. That's what I tried to say. I they said, how much str- of that elastine stuff they is got, in there? They got some stretch in them. But <laughs> how much of that before they're considered jeggings? Max, I'm I'm north of three hundred and thirty pounds, and I'm six eight. So any jeans I have, I have to get custom made. I can't buy them off the rack. And if I'm getting them custom made, I do want a little bit of give so I can be comfortable. Well, why don't you have a little give then? I These do have are skin give. tight. Look at that. I got give. I He's like, I got give. I and got like, paint it on. No, they're not. Did stop, they stop paint yourself. them on this morning stop. or did they're you put them on? They're not jeggings. What do you want from me, man? I'm not the one who even noticed. What, 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 what do, I'm not studying what, do what the you're wearing. What do you want from me? All, all, I, all I can do is what I can do. And this is what I can wear. So you get them custom made? I have to, Max. Shoot I don't have a choice. Did you skimp on that? You're like, oh, if you get them cut, you're paying by the yard of material or something? You I told them. No, Max. They look yard at me and they say, this is what they're going to cost to make. What'd you say? Chris <laughs> tried to save a few bucks. They're like, I'm not here's what you really no need. Much. Here's my how much he's like, you know what? Let me save a few bucks. First, first make them a little first tighter. Of all, I, 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 first of all, I'm not the one on the show that we're supposed to be attacking with the wardrobe. That's Max's role on the show. Really? So I don't know. That's I don't, my role? I don't know why I'm catching all of this heat about what I got on right Best now. Best dressed man on I'm, TV. I'm, 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 I'm one of the most stylish 300 pounders that's doing it in sports media. Can't what are we I tried talking to tell about? Him. I tried to tell him, I said, man, 
That man ain't got no jeggings on. These, got, are, not these are not jeggings. Listen, first of I, all. I the implication. I'm standing up. They're not jeggings. I got a little room. There's a lot of elastine in there, though. There's there is a lot of, of elastine. There can be a lot of elastine, but I got some room, and I take offense to anybody that's saying I got jeggings on. I don't like it. Uh, by the way, I, I didn't even notice, but, you know. Y'all going to make me start moving some furniture in this studio. <laughs> <laughs> get my blood pressure I up. did, you know, but now come to mention it, I did get my, my 11-year-old. We were in the store. She won't wear jeans. It's not comfortable. She only likes the jeggings uh, thing. They did look an awful lot like that. I got to be honest. These are not Lululemons. These are not like what you be wearing. Oh, dog. by the first of all, if you really want to know the brand, mm. it's the little TF. That's, that's, that's. Ooh. Yeah. Thomas? That's, that's the only stuff I really have is, is Tom Ford. Okay, so you're yeah. wearing Tom Ford with yeah. them sneakers? Yeah, that's right. Okay. Yeah, I got the Kobe's what on are with those? the Tom Ford. What are, what are those? Kobe's? What are those? Kobe's. That's what uh, these are. Okay. Kobe's. Kobe's. From, what now? From 2000, Next. From 2007. Yeah, the, fir- classic. the first pair. Classic. The first pair. Well, you look like you bought them in 2007. Classic. Though. That's the problem. This doesn't they listen. can be classic. My wardrobe is unimpeachable. It's impeccable. You can't be talking about their classic. My style's in, and impetuous. Them, and you had them for 15 years. Your sneakers are Everything older than your kids. I have had 15 years. Chris, you're a Lakers fan. Yeah. Lakers fan who doesn't wear jeggings. Tell yeah. me. Please, please don't get my blood pressure up. I didn't please. ask. The, no, they're the ones know, who asked. I know where you're going with this. And I was I, trying I to get right to Lakers. You're no, no, the one no, no. who stopped no, no, no. You're like, wait a minute. First I need to all, answer a first question. First of all, I'm past the jeggings part. You just brought up my Lakers, and I know what you're going to ask me yep. because I'm clairvoyant in that way. All right. I know what you're going to ask me. You also are not it's a goldfish, so you remember I asked it about five minutes ago. You're, you're, you're going to be about the Anthony Davis business yes. and should he play tonight against yes. the Clippers. They don't play him in back-to-backs to keep him healthy. And what I'm trying to advise you is not to get my blood pressure up because you know how important this game is and it's ridiculous to suggest that Anthony Davis and LeBron James won't be on the court. Why? Because you have to have this game. We're trying to avoid the play-in. If the whole goal is to make sure that your guys have the requisite rest so they can maintain health going on their postseason run, then why would you not do everything that you can to avoid the play-in, get the sixth seed, match up with the Sacramento Kings, and, oh, by the way, have a week between the end of the regular season and when the playoffs actually kick off? It's ridiculous. No, I'm not even going to say ridiculous. It's stupid for Anthony Davis and LeBron James not to be out there on the court. I don't give a damn that they went into overtime with the Utah Jazz. You know what? You don't want to go into overtime? How about you play a little bit better defense? How about LeBron James make the layup with his left hand at the end of regulation? I don't give a damn what they got to do, but they got to make sure that they on that court tonight against the Clippers. This is a must-win game for the Lakers. You got momentum. You won seven of the last eight. Go ahead and take care of your business, dog. Go ahead and take care of your business because the two games you got after this, the Phoenix Suns probably locked into the four, might not be playing anybody. The Utah Jazz, they're mailing it in. They got eyes toward the lottery. Why would you not play the last competitive game that you're probably going to have in the regular season, knowing that if you win this game, you would likely avoid the play-in altogether. But the question is, and I wish you'd answer it, should the Lakers play AD the second of back-to-back? Yes! I know. Listen, I totally agree. It's a bad option to have. This is a dilemma, the definition, a choice between two bad options. That the better option is to play the ancient LeBron James, second of back-to-back, toward the end of the regular season when they just played an overtime game to play the fragile Anthony Davis, who's been excellent when he's been healthy, second of back-to-back when he just played an overtime game. LeBron played almost 40 minutes. AD played over 40 minutes. It's a bad op- It's a bad choice to make. However, the other choice is worse. The worst choice to make 
is to not play either one of those guys in a must-win game against not cross-town rivals, it's cross-hallway rivals. You share the <laughs> arena with the Clippers. You got the same record. And as you pointed out, and, and, and it went into detail, in terms of the playoff picture, you want to be six yes. if you're the Lakers. Not great to play them, but it's even worse not to play them. Felix in North Carolina. You're on KJM ESPN Radio. Hey, how y'all doing? First off, I want to say I loved it on Monday, how y'all pretty much destroyed that caller that was calling in, saying all that BS crap about the uh, women's tournament. About they wouldn't do that to an- She wouldn't do that to another team. Great response. But I want to say this. I think the Lakers uh, shouldn't play LeBron James and AD just because they should avoid that first-round matchup, possibly with the Suns. Uh, that first-round matchup would be a hard matchup. I think that would be a great matchup in the second round. But the first-round matchup, I think they probably get bounced in the first round of that matchup. Chris, thank you all for hearing me. Chris, thanks for the call. Chris, we haven't talked about this a lot, but the pressure on Kevin Durant. People talk about ooh, Chris ooh, Paul. Ooh, I get ooh, it. But Kevin ooh, Durant ooh. is now in the same conference with Steph, without whom he's never won a title, but Steph won before him, with him, and after him, mm-hmm. and LeBron who everyone's chasing in this era because LeBron's the goat of the era or, yeah. or, the, or the greatest of era, G, the go. I don't know. Anyway, Stop like, the, he, he, like the, the Suns are the odds on, the, or the favorite by the odds. KD is 6-0. and mm-hmm. He's got Book with him. He's got CP3. KD is 23-2 and in his last 25 games he's played. Yeah. Oh, you cannot. Lose to the Warriors or Lakers if you're KD. Well, especially the Warriors, right? And it looks like that's what's going to be the first-round matchup if the playoffs started today. If you lose to Golden State, knowing that you left a really, really good basketball situation and went into an abysmal four years with the Brooklyn Nets, get bailed out by getting traded to the Phoenix Suns, a ready-made championship team, and you come up short to the team that you left four years ago? Ain't no way that Kevin Durant can live that down in terms of the hit that his legacy was going to take. Like, he's got to be the face of the failure in Brooklyn, and rightfully so, because he's the one that put that, put that thing together. But then also, to go to the Phoenix Suns, Devin Booker, Chris Paul, DeAndre Ayton, knowing that they have championship aspirations based on the package that they gave up to the Nets to acquire him. If you come up small, you come up short in this series, if you don't advance knowing that you got home court against that old crew, that's something that you can never live down. And the flip side is, which is why it's such high stakes, it's not just all downside for KD. If he continues this, if they romp through the West, right, because he's untouchable. Like, let's not forget, he single-handed almost beat the eventual champion Bucks, but he didn't. Be- but but it was but just he, KD. But he, but he didn't. Harden's out there limping around a couple day- games. Kyrie can't play after the second but, or third but he, game. But he didn't, Max. Chris, close only counts but, in horseshoes po- and grenades, right, bro. But my point is, he's so much better than every other player in the league when he's healthy. He by himself is able to do that. That's now, a hell of a because, qualifier, because, though, if wait, he's healthy. Be- but my point is that. It's not about how good he is. He's the goodest player in the game by far. He's goodest. better than everyone else. It's about how great he is. Yeah. Now, in the, what you call competitive greatness, can you be your, your best when your best is required? Now, there's Steph. There's LeBron. These are your era rivals. We know that at this moment you're better than everybody. Can you be greater than everybody mm. now? 
if you that, can that's be. That's what this is about. Yes. That's what so this is about. So there's downside, but the you upside. You're on to something right there. You're on yeah, to something right there. The upside is yeah. this isn't the 73-win Warriors. Yeah, the Suns are really good, but no one wins on a bad team. You have to have a good team. The upside is, oh, not only am I better, am I gooder than you guys right now, I'm greater. Right, like yeah. this huge upside, huge downside for KD, all the pressure in the world. Coming up, is the MVP race over? Should AD and LeBron play tonight? This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do. Big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash unsportsmanlike today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash unsportsmanlike. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Wow. They're not jeggings. I'm not wearing jeggings. I don't. I feel attacked right now. This is unfair. You don't treatment. like it when people home in on on. No, 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 you're, no, 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 no. What, what you do wearing those dusty Air Force ones and leaving like the Chris. top three buttons on Chris, a button-down shirt you undone? Are you a, got salt and pepper taco meat showing through your shirt? That that's a you problem. You are a private investigator no, 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 assigned to no, no, no. one case, <laughs> the Max Kellerman files. These that's are, why we even went on days when you're not even in studio with us. Sometimes I'll turn around, you got your phone, and you're in a full <laughs> photographer's pose taking pictures of me and what I'm wearing. <laughs> Private eye. I'm gonna going through my garbage looking at my mail and stuff. Where is he buying this stuff? All right, listen. Keyshawn J. Will and Max were presented by Progressive Insurance. Chris Canty in for Key and J. Jake in Tennessee, you're on KJM. Hey, how you guys doing? What's up, Jake? Yeah, I'm here. All right. We're here, so go. Oh, I'm, well, I just thought, thought that Embiid, you know, pretty much solidified his MVP campaign last night. I also think they can make a real good run through the playoffs because he's moving better than I've seen him move in years. That's a good um, point, Jake. I, looks you know, like he's down a few pounds. Yeah, I, I agree. A part of this may just be that Embiid, remember, he came out of – college with the leg with, with a problem with his wheel but then he developed a lower back issue too yeah and what i the way i think i think jake makes a good point the the way the, the reason i think guys like like horford remember when horford cooked him in the playoffs yes because mb was so slow off the blocks his first step wasn't 
I th- and the same reason that he didn't play well on the road but played better at home, he was basically self-load managing be- and, and couldn't practice his way into real basketball shape because he had to maintain his body. Mm-hmm. And maybe he's turned a corner there where he's got some things solidified and can now get into better shape, and that allows this. Yeah, there's no question that he's figured something out, unlocked something over the last two years in terms of being healthy and available. And I'm with Jake. I I think that the Sixers can go on a deep playoff run. The only thing that I think will keep them from doing so is not the personnel, but it's the coach and Doc Rivers. I'm still not sold on Doc, and my case in point would be the end of that game last night. You got a seven-point lead with less than 30 seconds left on an inbound play. You got Tyrese Maxey running toward the out-of-bounds line where Derek White breathes on him and the guy falls out of bounds. There's a turnover there. You got Embiid on the front court inbounds play with the offensive foul. And then Marcus Smart, when he's shooting a free throw on the, the, the back end of the two shots, misses on purpose. They get the rebound. Derek White nails a three, and it's almost an and one because of the P.J. Tucker closeout. Those are things that can't happen. Those aren't how championship teams close out games, and those are the types of games you're going to have to play against the Celtics and the Bucks if you want to get through the East, and that's my biggest problem. When you look at those other two teams, they're not at a coaching deficit, even though the jury's kind of still out on Joe Missoula. I don't think that they're at a coaching deficit. When I look at the Sixers, not only are they going to have to overcome their opponent, they're potentially going to have to overcome some of the deficiencies from Doc Rivers. You know, there are some players, like MJ is the guy who comes to mind. Mm-hmm. When he was crewed up, looking back at that era, I was a Knicks fan. Oh, Patrick Ewing, Charles Oakley, if we get this guy or that guy, man, that was all an illusion. Yeah. No one was ever, if MJ had a crew, you had 0% chance no to beat him because he's that much better than everyone. Mm-hmm. But when you look at the East right now, and let's not take the whole league. If the Suns are healthy and KD gets out of the West, then he might just be too much for anyone, right? Mm-hmm. But in the East... There's no one, even if you like Giannis better than Embiid. Doc has a guy in Embiid who's as good as anyone in the conference. Yes. If someone's better, it's by a hair. He has a second banana in James Harden who's playing a near flawless point guard. Right? He's, yeah, he had 20 points, 10 assists, no turnovers And by last the way, night. this really started in Brooklyn when he went from, I, have to, I think he's a team player, but I have to do so much. In Brooklyn, he was like, you know what? I'm going to play a real point guard. Yes. Brilliant. Brilliant point guard in Brooklyn. Brilliant so far in his second year in Philly. And Tyrese Maxey is one of the very best young players in the league. He is so young to be as good as he is already, Chris. Doc has enough talent to win. It's not an issue of we don't have enough. He has enough. He's got to get it done. Yeah, there's no question about it. I will say with the Tyrese Maxey um, point that you made, the inexperience of Tyrese Maxey worries me a little bit. He is a young player, but... That can't be an excuse for making untimely, uncharacteristic well, Chris, mistakes in the postseason. He's, he's the third best player, and, on and the that's team. all good. But if he's go, the they, second or first, but okay. They, but they're going to need him, though, Max. They're oh, yeah, going to yeah, need yeah, him yeah. to get through East. They're going to. But need what I mean him. is, if 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 one of the issues is lack of experience with your third best player, but that's when your head coach has got to step in. And that's help what I'm you saying. That. That's no not doubt. an excuse for the head coach. No, it's not. All right, Rashid in DC. You're on KJM ESPN Radio. What's up, Rashid? No, I said, how y'all doing? Good, good. How you doing, Rashid? This morning. All right, all right. Hey, first off, I wanted to say, uh, I really appreciate you, Max. Uh, Through the years, man, your uh, stance on social injustice, especially as a as a brother, man, I really appreciate you what you bring to ESPN, man. Enjoy this for years. Keep up the good work. I appreciate. Listen, I get it too. I get it too. As as like you know, (laughs) as like if I ever hear like a German historian mm-hmm. t- 
speaking about Jewish issues with real nuance and understanding, there's something extra appreciative about you know what I mean? Yeah, I get where I you're coming from. I get it definitely. when someone sees definitely. a white guy in the media and they think, okay, he understands. So I, I appreciate you saying that, and I under I get the dynamic. But go ahead, go ahead, Rashid. Definitely, man. I'm sure you've heard it before. I just want to. We got like 45 seconds, out, by the way. It. We got about 45 okay, no seconds problem. in the show. I, 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 I'll get it in. Yeah, I just wanted to talk about the MVP. I really feel like, uh, first of all, let me say this. I, I appreciate Doc Rivers jumping out there on the, on the podium and uh, giving a shout out about MVP, even though the playoffs are a priority. I think it was real good that he did that, that he's, you know, he's thinking about Embiid in that situation. I definitely think Embiid deserves MVP, man. Um, I think one of the most underrated things that's been going on that I don't appreciate is Embiid plays defense, and Jokic is not a really good defensive player. Everybody says defense wins championships, but then when they talk to MVP, it seems like that's not a big factor in weighing it in. It's just ridiculous. He's not wrong. No, I agree. He's not wrong. Rasheed, Jake, both make good points. KJM, Chris Canty, we're back tomorrow, 6 a.m. Eastern. Greeny coming up. Thanks for listening to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio.